This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this week I welcome back Julian Lawrence, the Times football editor, Tony Evans, and broadcasting from an undisclosed location in Rippenden, it's Ollie Kay. Today we'll be focusing on Manchester United's crucial win over Chelsea and Blackpool's battling draw at White Hart Lane. Also, with the Champions League final approaching, I'll be asking my panel what they think is a fair price for a ticket to a top flight match, as well as a fair allocation for the biggest game of them all. One place to start, Old Trafford. Um, Tony, why don't I start with you? It's 19, isn't it? I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay, let's try this again. Uh, Ollie, did Manchester United win the title on Sunday? Yeah, I believe, I believe they won the 12th Premier League title. Um, is that right? Yes, that's one way to avoid mentioning the word 19. Okay, no, no. It, it was uh, obviously the their twelfth title in eighteen seasons or nineteen seasons, which is an incredible achievement, and their nineteenth in all, which overtakes Liverpool's record, which I think um, any Man United fan and any Liverpool fan would have thought was an absolute impossibility. Twenty yeah, I mean, years ago. Twenty years ago, I don't think any of us could conceive that things had changed around like this, and that you know, and the scale of Ferguson's achievements is that you know it was absolutely inconceivable. Julian, growing up as as a, as a little boy in some some pastoral village in France, I, I, I imagined you walking to school while some guy with a beret and on a bicycle carrying a baguette cycles past, um, smoking a galois, of course. But I would imagine. Like me, when you were a kid, Liverpool was the club in England, and now our kids will probably view it a bit differently. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really younger than you. No offense, but Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, no, I grew I, I grew up with with my dad talking to me about Liverpool, indeed, and, and you know those great teams, and then and then Cantona arrived, and and for us French, obviously. Uh, the, when Cantona signed for United it was a complete change in France people started following United more than, than anything else really even more than, than other clubs in other countries it was all about United then you know then Wenger was there with, with Arsenal but, but Cantona was always very special and that, that's when for the first time I heard about Sir Alex Ferguson Wait, but didn't it have the same effect when Julio signed Salif Jao and Bernard Diomed yeah 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 and I really thought that at the time you know that, that with Diomed and, and Jao and, and then Bishkan you know that Liverpool will uh, <laughs> And, and, and the news are done. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> and, and Sheru. Don't forget about Sheru. Sheru was a legend yeah. for the Reds. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's really where, 
where, where I learned to know about Ferguson and United. Uh, Tony, enough picking on, on Liverpool. I, I trust you'll agree with me. And uh, uh, let's move on to the actual game itself. Um, going into the game, I, I think it's fair to say the momentum had swung Chelsea's way. I mean, they, they weren't super impressive, but they'd sort of been sneaking up on, on Manchester United. And yet, within a minute, Chicharito scores. I, is this just... I mean, we've seen stuff like this so many times from from Manchester United, where they just kind of like, all right, enough of that, and they just bolt the door shut. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there was an element of wishful thinking, you know, for, for not only from Liverpool fans but across the the country to the title race going into the last week. You know, it's um, and I think we probably built Chelsea up more than the, the uh, more than we should have. Uh, perhaps when you look back at those performances and you look at the, the teams they played, they haven't quite done as well as we wanted to believe. Um, certainly, they had no answers to United yesterday. Um, I thought they set up all wrong. I thought Ancelotti are completely wrong. I think that I think the biggest thing for Chelsea this season has been the drop off in Frank Lampard's form after coming back from injury you know it's um he scored yesterday and you know normally over Lampard's career there's been days when he's done nothing but score but you know these days he's doing nothing and scoring very rarely um, and I think it, it, it's really hurt them I think Essien hasn't looked the player that we all thought he was um, the confusion up front um, has led to you know sort of a certain um, confusion over the style of play they want to set up and they, they went out and they, they got murdered you said Ancelotti set up wrong how would you have set Chelsea up differently? Would you have just started? Would you have dropped Lampard and played Torres instead of dropping? I think in this circumstance, I would have played Torres certainly, especially when uh, Ever was out, because Ever is the Man, Uni- Man United's outlet ball. So you know, I would have pushed someone up, up on Ever. I would have got Torres on to close down Vidic every time he got the ball. And you know, the, the thing about Drogba, Drogba is such a great player, but he hasn't got Torres' his mobility and he hasn't got his, his, his ability to chase down people. Um, and you know, would have done that, but you know what? United still would have scored in the first minute and Chelsea still would have got stuffed Would you have played the same guys in midfield? Um, Would you have dropped Lampard? Well, I think that's been the big issue all year. You know, probably they have to look and decide whether they're going to go forwards without Lampard. Because I'm not so sure that even a summer without football is going to be able to restore him to anywhere near his best. Ollie, uh, Tony's kind of ducking the question slightly, methinks, because he criticises Ancelotti for setting up wrong. And I take your point about the uh, about Torres, but on the Lampard issue. You didn't come down clearly on whether he should have dropped them or not, but I mean, I in terms of Lampard. you would not have dropped them. No, I would have made the same mistake there. So, and, and was it that unreasonable to think that a midfield trio of of Mikel, Essien, and, um, and and Lampard should be able to handle, you know, Carrick and Giggs? Well, yeah, I mean, you looked at the, the midfield, and it was the same before the two Champions League games, where again United set up with four in midfield, and they were outnumbered in that central midfield area. Yet United seemed to to find space um, in that in you know, theoretically congested midfield. Rooney would drop deep and find space. Park and Giggs would both drift into space. Um, Valencia would stretch them, but with his runs down the right, and it's it's. I, I think it's a huge indictment of John Obi Mikel, who I know you're a big fan of, Gab, but I, I just don't see it. For, for a guy who's meant to be the new Claude, Claude Makélélé, the, the the guy who gives them the sort of defensive platform for all their midfield to barge forward, I, I, I just don't see Mikel depriving opponents of space and, 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 and even hassling them when they're on the ball. I, I, I mean, 
just a solution here or, or you know a suggestion here would David Luiz be better suited to that to that role than, than to central defence? Julian, David Luiz in midfield, dropping yeah. Mikel, playing yeah, Torres up front, all these things? I agree with Oli on, on David Luiz. I think he definitely doesn't look like a proper central defender anyway. I mean, the, the, his positioning on, on Chicharito's goal is just ridiculous. At that level, in that kind of game, I'm really sorry. You can't be two yards behind John Terry. It's just ridiculous. And, and as well, his, his, his touch when he tried to tackle the ball goes into Chicharito's just the way he was running, so he made it even easier. You know, and, and I think he probably would be better because he's so good with the ball as well, maybe in, in, in central midfield, indeed, yeah. I, I, I think it's less about like his position in relation to Terry, but he was actually facing the byline when Hernandez was coming on the inside of him. You know, who was he, who was he watching? Who was he supposed to be marking? You know, he, he should be looking inside the field. He's a centre-earth, and he's looking outside. I don't know whether it was Rooney, who was 30 yards deeper. But you know what? If you saw that on Sunday League, you, you'd have a fit. You know, it's, I, I'm, you know what, what they need to do, they need to take him away for the summer and take him to a defensive re-education camp, <laughs> beat him every day and teach him how to defend. Um, Ollie, uh, what I find remarkable, uh, again, is that, you know, if you go back a few months, there were a lot of people saying that, you know, Nani was a credible candidate for player of the year. Um, and I think it would have been difficult to, to, to disagree with him. I mean, you, you could debate it or not. But um, And yet, in a huge game like this, Nani doesn't start. Berbatov, of course, United's top goal scorer, he doesn't start. I, it just seems to me that Sir Alex, more than perhaps any other manager, maybe in the world, you know, has this group of players and and he just picks the right players for the day and, 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 and for the game and, and gets it right more often than not, which kind of tends to fly in the face of, of a lot of conventional wisdom these days, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if, if you ask most United fans in in February, March, what their what their team would be for a potential title decider against Chelsea in um, in the first week of May, I think they I think they would probably have had Nani in it. They might have had Berbatov in it. But you look at the way United's season has gone. Um, I think Nani had begun to look a bit tired. I think Berbatov had begun to look a bit short of confidence. At the same time that Park seems to have just transformed himself into a player that I mean I've never seen him play so well as he has in the last month and as for Hernandez his form has been incredible absolutely incredible the past month or so so rather than uh, rather than set up the way he might have done otherwise he's gone with the guys who inform guys who probably were more often getting on the bench at the start of the season and he's absolutely well more than vindicated I mean it's just it's just yet another demonstration of his his fantastic instinct for players in form, players out of form, players who are on the up, players who are on the down, and I, I think um, I think he got it absolutely spot on. I, I didn't think he got it right at uh, at Arsenal the previous uh, the previous week. Um, I've said the same as they drawn that match, because I think they look tired. But I think he deserves an enormous amount of credit for um, for the fact that we're uh, saluting them as champions yet again. Hey, Tony, is this a bigger achievement than winning the treble? I think so personally I mean I think um, the team that won the treble had a lot of talent in it huge talent across the board you know it's, um, I think this has got much less talent and I think this uh, for me taking a team that may not 
be the best in the league on paper and winning it is uh, a far greater achievement than you know than winning it with the best side. Hey, since we're since we're doing this paper argument just for fun, uh, I saw it was Julian was was nodding. I'll get to you in a minute, Tony. Who's better than Manchester United on paper? Do you think in terms of individuals? In terms of talent, Arsenal. Arsenal have got way more talent than than uh, Man United. Anybody and else? Chelsea. With I mean the Chelsea since after January when they signed Torres and Luis, definitely. Mm-hmm. Ollie, are you are, are you are you buying this? Um, Potentially, I mean, you, you, you could. Say, I mean, you could say technically, uh, Arsenal are a far more talented team. But we all know what Arsenal lack and what United have. I think. That, I think um, that, that uh, if, if there's a slight technical for shortfall between Arsenal and between United and Arsenal, which is open to question, I think there's a, a huge uh, psychological, mental, even physical shortfall the other way. But so that's that's what we're praising Ferguson for here. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, the, the fact is he's able to harness what does appear to be on paper lesser talents and and you know that United team I was watching it yesterday and I said to someone I said you know if ever I've seen a team that's gr- uh, that's greater than the sum of its parts it's United you know they were just you know they, they look fantastic and I look at those players and I'm like how did they get to be so good mm. and it will sound like you know it will sound like damning with faint praise I, I don't think it is at all but you look at Giggs Van der Zaar, uh, I mean, to a lesser extent, goals because he, he's, he's tailed off the second half of the season. But I mean, these players should be years and years past their best. These are, you know, you, you think of Wenger get, getting rid of players as they approached um, their mid to late twenties because he thought it was a good idea to sell them on and, and do without their experience. You look at the experience that Giggs, in particular, and the quality uh, that he's brought to this United team over the second half of the season. And uh, I mean, I, I think he's been the, the best player in the Premier League the last few months. He's just been fantastic, and um, if we're calling them greater than the sum of their parts, I think we're acknowledging that the, the, the sum of their parts is still pretty good, and that they are taking themselves to another level with the sort of collective belief that they have. The uh, the Chelsea manager Carlo Ancelotti came out and quite clearly said they were better than us on the pitch. They were better than us most of the season. Okay, it's great that he's honest, but uh, should he be part of? Uh, Chelsea's future and will he be part of Chelsea's future Ollie well I think it should I, I think he should be part of their future I mean he won the double in his first season he, he'd come close to um, challenging well, they have at least challenged for the title this year in a year of turmoil and transition which I don't think the turmoil and transition and w- was his fault I think that was the result of poor decisions made um, about about the size of the squad and maybe he could have done more to um, influence those decisions I don't know but, but I, I can't see Abramovich giving anybody the time to implement their own vision on that on that club and on that team he, he, he's clearly shown himself to be far too impatient for anything like that and um, I, I would just stick with Ancelotti because I think he's, he's almost the very least of their problems Anybody disagree with the mighty Oliver Kay? At Oliver K. Times on Twitter. No, no, I'm um, I'm, I'm with him on that. I mean, you know, the, the mess behind the scenes at Chelsea is far greater than probably any manager could clean up, even Ferguson. And um, and Ancelotti's left, you know, to try and deal with it. And um, and if he does look a, a little bit lost on the sidelines, well, <laughs> he's not surprised. And, and the players like him, you know. I, th- I think the fans like him. I, I don't think there's there's a better manager on the market, you know, that that is actually without a club at the moment better than him. 
and and you know he knows he knows the Premier League now he knows the club he knows the players I think he should stay One manager who most likely will not be at his club, if not next season, then probably the year after, is uh, uh, Harry Redknapp. And hey, listen, Tottenham, they were chasing Manchester City. They chased City last year. They caught them in fourth place. This year, Spurs against Blackpool, they dropped two points. Was, was that it? But first of all, I'd like to uh, argue with the received wisdom that somehow Harry, Harry Redknapp's going to spirit off to be England manager. I think the last few weeks will have had anyone at Wembley who thought Harry Redknapp was a future uh, manager of the national team going, uh, hang on. Because, you know, he's shown all his weaknesses in terms of tactics. Um, you know, it's. Um, I, I don't think. I, I think there's even Tottenham fans now who are thinking, are thinking that Redknapp has been a liability. Yeah, he's did. He's did great for the first half of the season, but they've fallen apart. Tottenham are another team that are stocked up with talent. I tell you what, Ferguson would have won the league with Tottenham. You know, never mind getting in the top four. Never mind they might finish sixth. You know, the reality is, Harry Redknapp, who looked like he was doing a great job early on in the season, hasn't. Um, Julian, I'm I'm going to turn to Ollie on this because there's just so much <laughs> scope to mock why English managers are so thoroughly mediocre that Redknapp should still be the front runner in every logical man's choice. Once the FA so intelligently, thank you, Dave Richards, said we need to go with an Englishman because there's so much English talent to manage uh, manage England. But uh, Ollie, is Tony being unnecessarily harsh on Harry here? Um, I think I think it's I think it's fair to criticise. How, how their season has tailed off, but I, I mean, look at how Arsenal's season has, has tailed off since February. I, I think that I think Champions League football brings a, 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 a you know a, a complicated additional dimension to a team's season. I think teams struggle to to juggle those two things. I think United have done it brilliantly. I don't think Chelsea or Arsenal or um, anybody else has done it brilliantly um, this season. And um, I think there's been a. I, I think they got. A little bit sidetracked by it when they when they were going through against Milan and then um, and playing against Real Madrid, and then having gone out, they, they've had a complete um, nosedive in terms of their results. But I mean that that happens. You look you look at Arsenal's nosedive. I don't think anyone's going to claim that Wenger's a useless manager or, or that he's not as good as we all thought we, he would we've be. We've been saying for weeks that Wenger's lost sight of what he should be trying to do and maybe needs to refocus. I mean, you know, it's um, and and this collapse by Arsenal isn't something that you know they do regularly. I mean, this, you know, this is just what what's happened to Tottenham. It's just a meltdown. I'm going to talk about a guy, Charlie Adam, who earlier this year was the um, some people's chic choice to be uh, player of the year, even. Um, but I want to talk about the bad Charlie Adam, that tackle on on Gareth Bale. Now. I want to suggest something. If that hadn't been Gareth Bale, if that had been, you know, Dorian Dervit or some old school Spurs scrub, we might not be making such a big deal out of it. But it was it was Gareth Bale. It was a bad tackle. Adam said it wasn't intentional. Um, Tony, are you buying it? Can you not intentionally step on somebody's ankle? With your studs um, up, I mean, when the ball's not there, when you're a professional footballer, you get paid to do this. Yeah, well, it didn't look great, did it? You know, let, you know. Let's be honest about it. You know, it's um, it, it 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 wasn't a very good challenge. I mean, I think, yeah, there's probably uh, an element of he knew what he was doing. 
Oh, uh, Charlie Adams supposed to be a skill player. He presumably gets, you know, a, a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of Neanderthals kicking him, which probably annoys him. You don't expect him to go do it the other way, do you? Well, I, I think if that's his best attempt to win the ball in that situation, then I think he's one of those players who shouldn't be encouraged to tackle because I, I thought he was he was miles off getting the ball. I mean, yes, Bale was quick and he knocked it out of the way, but I thought it was a it was a pretty um, dangerous tackle and. It, it's the type that can cause injury, and in that in that situation, it did. So, I mean, I, I was I was surprised by it because I don't think he's in quotes that sort of player. But um, it, it was just a poor tackle, and um, I was glad to hear that he'd apologised and taken um, full responsibility for it. And the, the relief for, for Spurs if um, if Bale's got an injury that keeps him out for three or four months or, or however long, then is is it? We're at the end of the season. It doesn't matter. Julian, uh, if you were a Spurs fan, and I know it's a big stretch there, how worried would you be about the fact that Bale seems to, you know, in his short career, he's had a lot of injuries, and you know, he's got the body type where, when he does get, you know, when there are collisions, many of them will probably be at high speed and probably come crashing down. Yeah, but I, th- I think that would be like that for the rest of, of his career, be- because that's that's the way. The Welsh Aryan Robin. No, yeah, but 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 although Robin is more muscular muscular type injury prone player, so I, I don't think he's he's um, the way he lives his life is good enough. Robin, I think for Bale, it's just more that he's going to get kicked all over, you know, all over through his through his career, and be- and because he goes so fast and he's so quick, I think. You know that that's what's going to happen. I think if Ryan Giggs was was 23 now and playing like he was at the time in in you know early 90s, it would be exactly like Bailey. We get kicked all over the place and and and. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. The, 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 the challenge of Charlie Adam was a disgrace, and I, hope, I really hope he gets banned because he deserves it. Well, that would be twenty million pound, Charlie Adam, uh, as I recall. But I, I don't mean to mock him. I just, I'm really disappointed by by what's sort of gone on with him uh, the last couple of months. Um, but I'm very happy for for Blackpool and and Ian Holloway because, as I see it, this result pretty much keeps him up, doesn't it? You think so? Well, I'm assuming they're going to get a point, if not more, at Old Trafford on the last day of the season, right? I don't think so. No, mate. No, you know, it's, um, I think it'll be party time at Old Trafford, and um, I, I think United will want to win it. Um, you know, I, I, I remember West Ham going to Old Trafford on the last day of the season, needing a win and getting it. I, I also remember United going to Hull City two seasons ago and fielding a reserve team before the Champions League final and winning. Result on um, for Blackpool on Saturday did look a very good result at the time, but I think Wolves', Wolves victory yesterday yeah. Yeah. changes the picture. I, I, I mean, I, I think. Um, if you look at the table and you look at the remaining fixtures, I think I think Wolves will be confident of staying up, and I, I don't think um, um, I don't think it's it's looking great for Blackpool at all. I mean, they could stay up, but it's um, it's certainly not looking easy. Sorry, but, hey, maybe I'm thinking a little bit uh, too much, like the time that I am. But um, and and we will we will be getting to Wolves later, by the way. But Blackpool have Bolton next at home, mm-hmm. and Bolton at this stage of the season are, are done. Yeah, but there's a certain amount of local rivalry there as well. Bolton are so preoccupied with with Blackpool. You really think? I, you know what? I, I don't think you can just say that. You know, Bolton have turned in for the summer. I mean, Bolton lost are- to Sunderland. Sunderland, <laughs> who've lost like 22 out of 20 games. They've lost games they haven't even played yet. You really, you really think? I, I, I admit. I will that. bet you a steak I'm, I'm dinner. I'm wrong. It's a fair cop, and society is to blame. I will bet you <laughs> a, a, a steak dinner that, that Blackpool get all three points against against Bolton, and if they really need a point against United on the last day of the season, assuming United have won the title, of course, they will get that as well. I'll go for that bet. Can I bet with you as well? What? I w- can I bet with you? I, I want free dinner. Both, yes. I want. I want a free dinner too. I will take yeah, you both. W- to w- win or lose, I'm a winner there. <laughs> <laughs> Champions League final, like like most finals, it's it's, it's kind of difficult to keep everybody happy in terms of uh, ticket allocations and and in terms of uh, and in terms of ticket prices. Um, now, Paddy Barkley's not with us this week. If he were, I'm, I'm sure he would argue that the ticket prices are far too high because you know I think Paddy would like ticket prices to have stayed the same ever since he attended his very first Dundee game back in uh, well a while ago, um, but. The cheapest general sale tickets are £176, which includes an absurd, I think it's a £26 uh, booking fee, which you could kind of figure in the days of the internet and computers, like, what do they do? Like, who actually pockets the money? Tony? Booking fees have got bigger, haven't they? You know, so as, as less people are needed, booking fees have got bigger, works for everyone. Exactly. It, it, it is a brilliant scam, but... Um, just for those who don't know, basically, it's 25,000 uh, tickets going to Barcelona, 25,000 tickets going to Manchester United, 11,000 tickets going on, quote, general sale. And you had to have entered a lottery for this about two months ago. Um, and the remaining sort of 19,000 odd um, going to sponsors and football family. the football family. There you go. Tony, let's start with the allocation before we get into the tickets. 
I think your Liverpool connections are quite well known. And when and when Liverpool played in Athens, like you know, the the, the, the or actually before that, even in Istanbul, first European Cup final in years, it felt like there were two hundred thousand Scousers coming down. You're not going to please everybody, but with twenty five thousand. Um, a lot of United fans, United season ticket holders, are going to miss out. Do you feel sorry for them? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, um, I think it's, uh, you know, you, you sort of you pay your season ticket money up front, um, you know, you, you, you uh, go every week, and then, you know, when the big game comes along, you don't get a ticket. You know, I think uh, it makes you wonder what season tickets are for. Um, yeah, I do feel sorry for them. I mean, I do, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't care about the football family. I don't care about the corporate sponsors. You can sell that any way you like. You know, I'll go the whole way. I'm a communist. I don't want these people at the game. I think the game should be fans. For fans. Simple. Ollie, do you want to make a, a, an argument on behalf of the corporate sponsors and against the working class Manchester United season ticket holders? No, I'm, I'm absolutely not in favour of uh, whatever it is, 19,000 tickets going to the wafer family. I, I was with Tony the night before the the game in um, in uh, Athens in 2007 and uh, I think we ended up at some kind of uh, terrible um, corporate function which was, I mean it would make us sound terribly hypocritical but it was awful and there were, there were hundreds and hundreds of um, representatives, employees of Company X who happened to sponsor the thing and they're getting, they're getting free tickets yes we as media get free tickets as well but it's slightly different I think and, um, well, I didn't have a ticket at that point. Well, there you go. But, the, but the, the, there's a, I mean, these companies pay huge amounts to get their to get their name on the, uh, you know, as as partners of the Champions League or of the World Cup or whatever. And they get, you know, they wouldn't pay these huge uh, fees in sponsorship if it didn't work for them. If that wasn't good value for them, quite why they insist on taking. Um, hundreds or however many you know is, is it a thousand i don't know quite why they insist on taking so many um extra tickets is a mystery quite why you wait for allow that it's a mystery i mean you, at the world cup final you could see a huge section of the ground was just devoted to um to, to corporate guests of, of various companies and it's just it's just ridiculous 19,000 out of a crowd of 80 odd thousand it is just ridiculous There's, that is not the football family that is the corporate family of football and they, they shouldn't be there not in those numbers Okay, so Julian, I guess it'll be left to me to unless unless you want to go all Sarkozy on me or or, or Thatcher, do you or do I yeah, have I mean, to play I'm devil's advocate angry, here? Uh, you know, I'm more angry against Michel Platini because I think that's all great work from Michel Platini, and I think it's a disgrace, especially coming from a man that's been so great to football. Just to to the, the way he's dealing with all those things and. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you, my friend. I have to agree right, with Tony and Oli. I'll put the opposing viewpoint then, because I am unafraid, and I'll, I'll be I'll say loud and proud. Uh, these sponsors spend a lot of money on football. They spend a lot of money. They put a lot of money in UEFA's coffers for the Champions League. UEFA redistributes the bulk of that income to the clubs. So, you know, maybe if you're a Manchester United fan and you're or a Liverpool fan and you're upset that um, that, that, that there's, there's so many tickets going to sponsors, maybe you should go to the club and say, um, excuse me, Mr. Glazer, uh, excuse me, Mr. Werner, Mr. Henry, um, let's take less money from the sponsors so 
that we can give them fewer tickets so that there can be more ticket available, tickets available to us fans in, in the Champions League final. Because that's the reality. These people are paying for a lot of the prize money, which the clubs are so happy to enjoy, and which then ends up going to the players generally in wages. You know, so we can't really have it both ways, can we? Well, I, I think we can. I, I, I don't think that the the money that, that they put into um, football and, and into sponsorship is about getting tickets in return. I, I just don't think that is is part of the equation. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's, that's part of the after return. all for corporate entertainment. The, I mean, the, 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 well, no, that's, that's no. why they take well, boxes. I mean, why, why, why would they do it? No, why they're doing it? People, you know, the the big credit card companies, the big soft drink companies, is to get the advertising during the game, a half time in um, in, in Champions. League nights, um, but, but they negotiate for a certain amount of tickets at every well, game. At no football, game, football. Platini and UEFA should just say no. Right, what you're doing? You're paying for advertising. You're not paying to get a, a gang of corporate creeps into the match mm. at the expense of real fans. Just say no, like the kids from Grange Hill. You go to Bayern Munich. They have tremendous corporate sponsorship. Tremendous corporate sponsorship. That is what allows them to have their cheapest season tickets be something like 150 pounds a year. So, you know, they say 20,000 fans get in for 150 pounds a year because we bend over backwards for these other, you know, 2,000 or however many they are corporate sponsors. So I I think if if you can cross-subsidize that way, then... The, Fine, but that's yeah, but not, that's not what's happening. The for the final, they have very expensive tickets, and then a lot of corporate people as well. Okay. This very expensive tickets thing, let's, let's, let's move on to that. It's obviously <laughs> not going to convince you to my devil's advocate corporate greed argument. Um, 80 pounds for... Actually, no. Let's take a step back. Let's talk about this allocation business, just from one other point. Um, 25,000 tickets per club. I'm pretty sure that that's more than clubs normally get. And it's obviously not mm-hmm. going to be enough to satisfy Manchester United. It's probably not going to be enough to satisfy Barcelona, I would guess. But on the other hand, if you're a Manchester United season ticket holder who's been to at least a couple of Champions League games this season, you will get a ticket for the final. And Manchester United are kind of an extreme case because obviously they have so many season ticket holders and they're just three hours up the road. Um, Ollie, wouldn't you suggest that most seasons, 25000 per club, is generally plenty to satisfy the needs of those fans who really are season ticket holders and really do travel to watch your club? No, I, I, I don't think 25000 is is anything like enough for, for a Champions League final, especially when it's in in the country in question. I mean, if, if United were playing time, Champions League you know. final, United didn't sell... Uh, I think I'm right in saying United and Chelsea didn't sell all their tickets for the Moscow final two, uh, three years ago. They sold 99% of them, but they didn't sell them all because that was, I mean, that was extremely difficult to get to. Really Chelsea didn't. But, the, but if United were playing at a Champions League final almost anywhere else in Europe, 25,000 tickets would not be enough. But, but it's not would, about, I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, I agree with you there, but United are an extreme case. Most most Champions League clubs are not Manchester United. Most Champions League clubs do not have 50,000 odd season ticket holders. 
No, but but if you if you look at Liverpool, for example, or Arsenal, they don't have twenty five thousand season ticket holders either. Neither well, do Arsenal. Well, 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 those clubs have huge amounts of tickets, season ticket holders and huge amounts. Okay, of, you just um, mentioned three English clubs. It's not a just it's not just about the Premier League, right? There is a world out there. The most champ- I know, I know, but I'm but I'm I'm, I'm using the uh, the most obvious examples, which I'm most familiar with, the sort of season ticket numbers and, and the fact that they both have um, huge season ticket waiting lists, as do Chelsea. So any of those clubs, I think 25,000 for, for a game held in a stadium that holds whatever it is, 88,000, I don't think it's anything like enough. I don't think it's anything like democratic enough. Um, let's move on to the to the ticket prices. So £176, including that important £26 booking fee, um, that's if you're one of the people who entered the lottery back in April to get one of the 11,000 um, uh, the, the 11, tickets that were put on general sale. Um, now, in my view, I've made this quite clear, and again, you will probably all disagree with me, the key figure is actually £80 because that is the cost um, to of the tickets if you buy them from the clubs and that, that those are presumably the real fans. Uh, people who buy tickets to Champions League final when it's two months in the future and you don't know uh, what kind of um, what kind of teams will be there generally tend to in my opinion, fall into a pretty narrow category, which is generally made up of ticket touts, um, people with more money than sense, and true purists who love of the game, and it's their dream to go to one Champions League final at Wembley. And I do feel somewhat sorry for those people. I really don't feel sorry for uh, the other two categories. Anybody have a problem with the £176 for the general sale ticket? Well, first of all, I don't think there should be general sale. I think they should go to the clubs. I think they should go to the the, the people who support the clubs. And yes, I think How the prices get their hands on tickets then. Well, yeah, it's you know it's funny that, isn't it? Um, but you know, and I think the prices just way too high. I think it's um, I think it's ridiculous. You know what? When you look at the revenues that football gets from its corporate friends from television, there is no justification. It's mere chicken feed. They're just gouging the fans. Um, but we, we were talking about 11,000 tickets priced at between £176 to, to £300. Uh, anybody else want to back Tony on these? There should be no tickets on general sale? Um, I don't think it's a crazy suggestion from Tony at all, actually. I, I, think they, I think there should be some tickets on general sale, I've got to say. I mean, if this was a Barcelona-Real Madrid final or, or something like that, or, or uh, you know, there wasn't an English club there, I, I think it would feel very harsh on the fans of the t- you know of the well fans in the country where the, the match is being hold, held in the city where it's being held i think it would be very harsh if there were no tickets available to local people i think i think part of the attraction is, of it is um is i mean alex ferguson always talks about going to the um real madrid Eintracht frankfurt game at hampton park uh, way back when so i mean it, it's it's I think it's a good thing to have some tickets available on general sale, and, and, and you can then argue whether it's fair to uh, be charging £176 or whatever. It seems extortionate. How could a boy from Govan afford £176 back in 1960? Amazing. He must have been wealthy even back then. Um, Right. Well, I, I, I'm with Tony, though. I, 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 I can see both arguments of the general sale, but £80... For, for a ticket, bearing in mind that these are season ticket holders, in other words, who can generally make the commitment uh, to uh, to pay for a whole season up front. Uh, these are people who, you know, clearly um, support their club. I 
I don't know what the average ticket price is at Old Trafford off the top of my head. I would just, I'm assuming that uh, certainly at the Emirates and at Stamford Bridge, which are probably closer to the higher end of the table, the average ticket price is probably um, well north of forty pounds. Yeah. Um, is eighty pounds for a fan? Is is that gouging? I don't think so. I think it's fair for a Champions League final to see, you know, to see your team beating Barcelona or at least trying to, you know, see Messi and, and Iniesta and Xavi against Rooney. I think it's fair, to be honest. I think that, you know, when that's the price you pay to go to the opera or, or big, 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 you know, big shows like that and, and no one is like talking about those shows. So I think 80, 176 is definitely too high, but 80, 80 pounds is, uh, to me, is fair. I can live with 80. You know, I'd, I'd pay 80. Easy. Pay more, but you know, I mean, once you get over the hundred pound mark, and you know, it's all right. Probably eighty, hundred and twenty sounds reasonable to me. You know, sort of lowest price seats and the best price seats. Once you're over that, it starts to look like profiteering. Um, Barcelona and United fans. It's kind of like if you wanted to experience that once in a lifetime Champions League final and, and win it. They've both kind of been there and 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 done that. Um, should we be having a little less sympathy for them and a little more sympathy for all the fans of the uh, many, many, many other clubs who can only dream about of a Champions League final? I'm not last the PSG fan here. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they deserve to be in the final. They're the two best clubs. Yeah, in not only the clubs deserve it, I mean the fans. But the, the fan the, is just good for them. They support the, the best team in the in, in, you know on the continent. I wish PSG could, you know. Take example on United and, and and build a club that could one day reach the Champions League final. Tony, I'm sure that when you were a little boy, you chose to be a, a red instead of a blue. That that was probably what what came into it. That you know you wanted to go to as many European Cup finals as possible, right? There was a choice. <laughs> on that note, let's wrap. It. On that note, let's wrap this up. Time for some quick hits. No rotation for Tony Pulis, even with FA Cup coming up. Uh, Stoke pummel Arsenal 3-1. Lots of acrimony uh, at the Britannia. Um, Stoke fans booing Arsenal players, including Arsene Ramsey. The Stoke fans say, well, no, that's fine. We booed everybody. Some people in the media getting under high horse. Ooh, they were being mean because they're booing Ramsey. Uh, Tony, is it okay to boo Aaron Ramsey? No, I think everyone should be nice and everyone should cuddle each other and I think we should all be friends. It's a bit mean, but he's a professional footballer. You get around the pitch, you get booed. I think what the uh, I think what they were booing was for his reaction and not accepting Shawcross's apology. Um, you know, and um, well, I have no problem with them booing them. And love Stoke, love Tony Pulis. Uh, I think they've done great. Um, and I think people who wrote them off as being a, 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 a playing bad football saw a different side of them. Yes, they liked them. Wolves win a huge Black Country derby, beating West Brom 3-1, and doing so without Kevin Doyle. Uh, Ollie, were you impressed? Is this what will keep them up? I was impressed. and um, uh, I mean, this always looked like the game that they had to win to, to give themselves a fighting chance. They've done that. They've got Blackburn at home on the last day. They might still need a win then to stay up. But um, looking at them, looking at the, for- the performance of Fletcher um, in... in Doyle's place at front, yeah, they, they look good, and I think Mick McCarthy deserves a lot of credit because he's starting to get a little bit of grief from their fans recently. Back to the Arsenal, Julian. Uh, you know these guys a little bit. Um, did they just give up on the season, uh, or are they really, really this bad? Both, both. No motivation, no determination, no team spirit, no inspiration, nothing. I think 
Wenger is was unable once again to motivate his own players. I think they can't care less about what's going to happen now in the season. I think it's been a very poor season by their stand and by the talent they've got in it. Bad, Arson. Bad. AC Milan drew 0 0 with Roma on Saturday to win their 18th Serie A title. Were they worthy winners, you reckon? Uh, all told, probably yes. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, maybe Inter Milan would have been different if they hadn't messed around for six months with uh, with Rafa Benitez and then made the change. Uh, probably should have stuck with one uh, before going to Leo. But uh, Milan spent money. I was very skeptical they could do it. I thought uh, Massimiliano Allegri was kind of a Forrest Gump like figure. Uh, but then somehow he kept it all together. And, uh, and they were consistent for most of the season, played some of the best football at times. And uh, good luck to them. 18 Serie A titles. That's a lot. That's all we've got time for today. But remember, you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find all your news, your gossip, your analysis, your web chat. Mine is on Mondays. And Ollie, when's yours? Wednesday, 1 p.m. Wednesday, 1 p.m. You can also catch Patty Barkley and Graham Spears during the week. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, uh, uh, at Marcotti. Tony, you're on? Uh, Tony Evans Times. Ollie, you're on? Oliver K. Times. Julian, you're on? Uh, I was bored. I, I, I gave up on Twitter. Well, there you go. No Julian Lawrence for you, which uh, better reason to keep listening to the game podcast because that might be one of the few places where you can find Mr. Lawrence. Till next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.